Which brings us to our first speaker, Simon McKenzie-Nixon, who is undertaking a PhD in neuropharmacology with a focus on Alzheimer's disease and Menke's disease. He is a science blogger and regularly blogs for Science Gauge and the Royal Institution of Australia. If, if you get angry enough and feel the urge to throw something during his talk, remember he is only the messenger. <laughs> Simon. Uh, thank you, Erin. Um, so as Erin mentioned, my name's Simon, and tonight I'm going to talk to you about a villain whose experiments still haunt us today in a grave, grave way. Uh, the villain I'm going to speak to you about is Dr. Andrew Wakefield. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Andrew Wakefield was a, a former surgeon and a medical researcher, and he was born in 1957. His dad was a neurologist and he followed down the same path, uh, studying medicine at the St Mary Hospital School. Became fully qualified in, 81, uh, in 1981 and then became a, a member of the Royal College of Surgeons in 1985. Um, initially he primarily studied uh, small intestine and liver transplant in animals and um, that kind of led him to start looking for a link between measles and Crohn's disease. And he first published his findings on this in, in 1995 in The Lancet. And um, the publishing of these results prompted a, a, a concerned mother to approach him. This mother had a child with both bowel problem, uh, problems similar to what he reported in the paper, but also had autism. Following this discussion, uh, Wakefield began focusing his research on the finding a relationship between autism, bowel problems, and the MMR vaccine. So on the 28th of February in 1998, Wakefield published his now famous paper, again in the Lancet. And in this paper they claim to have, and I quote, identified associated gastrointestinal disease and developmental regression in a group of previously normal children which was generally associated in time with possible environmental triggers. And the environmental trigger they identified was the administration of the MMR vaccine. So this study looked at 12 children who, I quote, after a period of apparent normality lost acquired skills including communication and that they all had gastrointestinal systems including abdominal pain, diarrhea, bloating and in some cases food intolerance. Now before this paper was released in 98, Wakefield took it upon himself to run a press conference. Um, and in this press conference he raised doubts over the MMR vaccine and he demanded that administration of this MMR in its triple format uh, be ceased until further research could be done. And in a follow-up interview with a, with a reporter stated that, and, and again another quote, uh, this was a very contentious and you would not get consensus from all the members of the group on this, but that it is my feeling that the risk of this particular syndrome is being related to the combined vaccine, the MMR, rather than single vaccines. And then later on in the same interview said, my opinion again is that the monovalent single vaccines, the measles, mumps and rubella, are likely in this context to be safer than the polyvalent vaccine. Now following the combination of the release of his paper and his uh, uh, press conference, this proceeded to be one of the most widely publicised medical discoveries in history and resulted in MMR vexation rates to plummet. Uh, confirmed cases of measles when, uh, in England Wales went from 56 in 1998 when the paper was published to 971 in 2004 
Um, the famous Irish outbreak caused 1,500 hospitalizations and three deaths and has been attributed directly to Wakefield's statements about the MMR vaccine. In 2008, for the first time in 14 years, measles was declared endemic in the UK. And Paul Offit, a paediatrician, said that to the British, in an interview to the British Medical Journal that that paper killed children. Now to date, multiple large epidemiological studies and multiple evidence, re evidence reviews from bodies such as the CDC in the US, National Academy of Sciences in the US, NHS in the UK and the Cochrane database, they've all fa failed to find any link between MMR vaccine and autism. Now you might be thinking, come on Simon, is he really a villain? Is he really evil? Or is he just an unlucky scientist who misinterpreted some results? Well, let's have a closer look at Andrew Wakefield and you can make up your own mind. Now first, let's look at his income. Now in the 1998 Lancet paper, he declared no conflict of interest. Yet it was later discovered by an investigative reporter that Wakefield had received $55,000 from lawyers who were seeking to sue vaccine manufacturers. And then after two years of further litigation against Wakefield, this amount was discovered to be actually over $400,000 dating for two years prior to his press conference. It was also revealed that nine months before his press conference, where I'll remind you that he said the MMR uh, triple vaccine was dangerous and single vaccines were not as dangerous, uh, nine months before that, he was found to have taken out several patents for new alternative single vaccine strains and also several treatments and cures for inflammatory bowel disease and autism. Uh, during the aforementioned litigation, it was also found that there were plans for Wakefield to go into business with one of the boys in the original paper, with one of, uh, one of their fathers, and they discovered to, um, they were planning on, to launch a venture on the back of the MMR scandal, and they claimed that they could make $43 million a year from selling autism diagnostic kits and then suing the MMR vaccine producers, forcing them to use those diagnostic kits to treat the kids, uh, to test the kids they've already treated, and that they plan to also develop alternative single-strain vaccines, and I quote, when public faith in the MMR had been sufficiently eroded. I feel you could call that a, diction a dictionary definition of conflict of interest. <laughs> okay, so his motivation behind the research wasn't so great, a bit questionable, but what about the data? Surely there's something there, right? Now, if you recall, the 1998 paper looked at 12 children who had the MMR vaccine and then subsequently developed gastrointestinal problems and autism. However, it was later discovered that three of the nine children that were claimed in the paper to have regression or autism actually had no autism at all, and only one of the 12 children had clear autism. The paper claimed that all, of the, all 12 children were uh, normal prior to MMR vaccination, However, it was found that five of the children had very clear documented pre-existing developmental concerns. The paper stated that the symptoms from the, the gastrointestinal symptoms and the autistic symptoms developed uh, days after the MMR vaccination. However, further interrogation of hospital records found that was really many, many months between these two. Uh, in nine out of the 12 cases, absolutely normal, unremarkable histopathology results that indicated no inflammatory bowel disease was actually changed to general colitis after the paper had been reviewed. All the patients of the study were recruited through anti-MMR campaigners and the study was actually commissioned for and paid for by lawyers planning litigation against vaccine producers. Subsequently, one of Wakefield's PhD students came out and said that he actually detected no live measles virus in any of the patients tested, despite the uh, paper saying that they did. 
And finally, none of the 12 patients' information written in the paper could be fully reconciled with hospital records. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like a massive conflict of interest combined with blatant falsification of data all for personal, fi uh, personal financial gain is definitely worthy of villain status. So what has become of our villain today then? 2008, uh, sorry, in 2010, on January 28th, the uh, GMC found that, I quote, Wakefield was found to have acted dishonestly and irresponsibly and to have acted with callous disregard for the children involved in his study, conducting unnecessary invasive tests. Did I not mention that he didn't have the ethical uh, approval to perform spinal taps and colonoscopies on young children? The panel found that the trial was improperly conducted without the approval of an independent ethics committee and that Wakefield had multiple undeclared conflicts of interest. No shit. <laughs> and then the Lancet immediately and fully retracted his 1998 publication based on the GMC's findings and stated that elements of the manuscript had been fabricated. Yes. Uh, Wakefield was then struck off the medical register, 2010, and has been uh, barred from practicing medicine in the UK. So now Dr. Wakefield spends much of his time in the United States. He's linked to a company that, uh, that promotes products said to help autistic children, and he continues to address audiences at major conferences on autism. Now I'd like to finish by um, reading out quite a nice summary about Wakefield's work that was given uh, by the editor-in-chief of the British Medical Journal. Um, which states, the Office of the Research Integrity in the United States defines fraud as fabrication, falsification, or plagiarism. Deere, who was the investigative journalist who uncovered a lot of this information, uh, unearthed clear evidence of falsification. He found that not one of the 12 cases reported in the 1998 Lancet paper was free of misrepresentation or undisclosed alteration, and that in no single case could the medical records be fully reconciled with the descriptions, diagnoses, or histories published in the journal. Who perpetrated this fraud? There is no doubt that it was Wakefield. Is it possible that he was wrong but not dishonest? That he was so incompetent that he was unable to fairly describe the project or even report one of the 12 cases accurately? No, a great deal of thought and effort must have gone into drafting the paper to achieve the results he wanted. The discrepancies all led in one direction. Misreporting was gross. Moreover, although the scale of the GMC's 217-day hearing precluded additional charges focused directly on the fraud. The panel found him guilty of dishonesty concerning the study's admission criteria, its funding by the Legal Aid Board, and his statements about it afterwards. Furthermore, Wakefield has been given ample opportunity either to replicate the paper's findings or to say he was mistaken. He has declined to do either. He has refused to join 10 of his co-authors in retracting the paper's interpretation, and he has repeatedly denied doing anything wrong at all. Instead, Although now disgraced and stripped of all his clinical and academic credentials, he continues to push his views. Thank you.